the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Oh, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Tuesday edition. It's a beautiful day across western Pennsylvania. Good to see you. We come to you uh, as well, uh, live on the radio on 101.5. Of course, if you're tuned in, you already know that. But we're also uh, streaming, Zooming on Facebook you can find us, The Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook or, of course, wordfm.com. Mm-hmm. Now, Kath, mm-hmm. welcome. Uh, we will not be like the plastic surgeon who uh, tried to show up for traffic court via a Zoom call while he was performing plastic surgery. Stop it. Yeah. And the, the judge in the case had the good sense to say, you know, uh, let's do this later. There's the guy with a mask, he's in surgical garb, working on, uh, who knows what he was doing, but he was with a partner. That's the good news. He had a partner. But, uh, Wait a minute. Back it up. Yeah. He was responding to a court summons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a Zoom trial, some sort of, you know, misdemeanor for some mm-hmm. traffic thing. And he thought it made good sense to turn a Zoom camera on while he was in the operating theater performing plastic surgery on some poor soul. And mm-hmm. he was ready to plead his case before the judge. Yeah. The judge said, no, that's not a good look. Let's do this later. I hope his career takes a hit for that, John. <laughs> I mean, I mean if I tried to do that during my job, which doesn't, you know, really <laughs> have the, a potential to hurt someone physically, like a surgeon would for a patient, right. then I certainly don't think that he should be. Well, in the midst of it all, you you know, if you were being in traffic court, you could ask the judge to pray on Zoom, right? Or to marry someone. He is a judge after all. He could do some sort of secular duties, right? The judge? Yeah. While he was with us on Zoom. Would you like us to do that? Should we do a, a contest, like a promotion for the station where we would, you know, <laughs> encourage two people to be married on the ride home? No, no. Okay. I just right, that's, forget it. That's, would you want to do that? Get married on the radio? No, that takes the holiness out of it. I, I don't. I, I feel like you and I are like the last two people that somebody wants like standing with them in a moment of truth. Well, how many have you been to weddings where you have you know friends? Have or, I been to weddings? Yeah, for sure. Where the pastor has their certificate from you know the online thing. I've done. I've oh, been oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. So they applied to the state and they got a thing, and so they're not a pastor or anything. They're, not they're just like right. Yeah. It's just my best friend Missy. Oh yeah, I've been to weddings like that. <laughs> uh, one was one was nice, and the other one was like borderline catastrophic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it takes a certain skill set, doesn't it? I feel doesn't like it? you want someone to marry you who's kind of familiar with the process. And it has an element of. Um, gravitas and right. some holiness about it as I, well, well you and i would want there to be holiness because we have a you know spiritual perspective on things other people maybe that's not important but it just seems like for such a big thing you know even if you're not a religious person you would want someone who has some sort of 
Yeah. Wait. Wait. I don't want, you know, Chuckles the Clown up at the altar. No. But you and I are already married. So, I mean, not to one another in case you're just tuning in. But right. but anyway. Anyway. Uh, sorry. I, I digress there about the plastic surgeon story. So let's get underway. We take a look at the, uh, look at the day's news always at the top of this hour. Kath, as we always do, give us the top news, mm-hmm. the four at four, please. Yes, for Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021, and the plastic surgeon is not included. Number one, Merck and company will help produce Johnson & Johnson's single-dose COVID-19 vaccine. President Biden plans to announce today as the administration pushes to get the shot to the American public. The Wall Street Journal reports that the assistance from Merck, which is a competitor to Johnson & Johnson, will help speed up production after the one-shot vaccine was authorized by the FDA on Saturday. One of the Merck facilities will apparently help, quote, fill finish the vaccine, a step in which vials are filled with vaccine, capped and readied for shipment, and the other will help actually produce the vaccine. For two, a sharply split Republican state committee in our state of Pennsylvania voted last night to again express its displeasure with Senator Pat Toomey's vote last month to convict former President Donald Trump on an article of impeachment, but stopped short of voting to censure him. According to the trip, committee members were given the choice of voting for a statement proposed by Chairman Lawrence Tabas that, quote, strongly rebukes but does not censure Toomey and a second one that does. The difference is essentially a matter of severity in the reprimand because neither option carried any real teeth with regard to Toomey's office or standing within the party. The second term senator, as we all know, who's from the Allentown area, has already announced his intent to leave the Senate at the end of his current term in 2022. And maybe because of all this, he might leave sooner. (laughs) Number three. It's been 360 days since Penn's fans were last able to watch a game in person at the PPG Paint. Can you believe that? Wow. Wow. That's crazy. They will have to wait for a few more, at least, to see the team's captain for similar reasons, though. The Trib reporting today that Sidney Crosby will not play in tonight's contest against the hated Flyers, Mm. as he will be placed on the NHL's list of absences related to the league's protocol for COVID-19. And number four, the PG reports that the 2021 Dollar Bank Fewer Resorts Festival will be a part online and a part live event taking place in June. Now, I'm not really sure how that's going to work, but anyway. The festival, which was online exclusively in 2020, will include enhanced virtual presentations and select in-person limited capacity attractions in the cultural district, not at Point State Park and not at Gateway Center. How about that? Programs, presentations, and schedules will be available at a later date. And that, people, is your top four. Okay, so it's not really the Three Rivers Arts Festival, right? No, it's There'll clearly be no not. vendors there. There'll maybe be some art right. installations or some performances at a distance, but not really, right? No, I mean, especially if it's not going to be, how's it the Arts Festival if it's not happening at the point? <laughs> no, right. All right. I mean, I guess you can expect to see this, right? Where everybody's anticipating opening up. Right. And so, you know, you want to go to the concerts, you want to go to the festivals, you want to go to flea markets or wherever people, people are gathering. And I think it's going to be a case by case call, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, especially people are going to have to make their own determinations based on if they've had the vaccine or not. Right. You know, if you've had a vaccine um, or two, depending on which one you're getting, then I think you can feel a lot freer to go out and do stuff. Right. Um, wouldn't and I sure hope we can... I'll achieve that position sooner rather than later. Sooner, much sooner. Yeah. Uh, I, I brought up the flea market because I have a strong desire to, to, to go to a flea market. You do? I do. I'd like to go, you know, I like. I didn't hear that about you. Down I mean, at this, the meadows. This is the first time you've shared it. 
you know, you know, I like to just sort of walk around and, you know, browse and see all the vendors and you go to a flea market at the Meadows. Well, it used to be the Meadows for years. It's actually the best flea market in, in, in the tri-state area, Dusseldorf. I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Oh, I feel, it's fa- I feel it's like gigantic. I've been left out. Yeah, it's not at the Meadows anymore. It's down the road, okay. but it's, and it's only once a month. It's just really a great, great flea market. It really is. So hopefully that's going to happen. Well, if you go, I mean, I sure as heck would like to go with you. Oh, really? Okay. Well, but I mean, not either one of us have a vaccine, considering I think you and I have been in the same physical space maybe two times in the last 12 months. <laughs> right. That's just the way the life is. I think I've seen Mike more than I've seen you in mm, person. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All righty, uh, let's take a break, come back. We talked about this last week uh, at length. There's been a lot of activity on our social media feed about Ravi Zacharias. So Sheridan Voise is going to be with us in a few minutes from the UK to talk about healing the wounds of Jesus followers. That's straight ahead, the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home here on Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We're Word FM. W-O-R-D. Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. That's the beginning of what Dr. J. Vernon McGee calls the good news out of Revelation 14. Good news? Well, you might be wondering how the hour of judgment can equate with good news. Well, join us this week on Through the Bible as we find out. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight. And suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction, the hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. 
The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Let's face it, we love Alexa. And we'd love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do. And Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. Word 101.5. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. In our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. Discount deals just in time for birthdays, special occasions, or just because. And all from the comfort of your own computer or smartphone. Great deals and awesome savings. Log on now to wordfm.com, keyword shopping. You wanted to be a teacher when you were little, but you grew up and things changed. Well, it's time to put it back on your list. Innovative things are happening in teaching today, and you can be a part of it. Make more. Teach. Visit teach.org. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Do not think it would be an exaggeration to say that Robbie Zacharias was one of the greatest Christian apologists of the second half of the 20th century. Now, if uh, you've been following the news along at home, you understand that Robbie Zacharias uh, was mired in scandal, passed away, and then we are left with the wreckage of the ministry of of the uh, proceedings of what's happened in Robbie's life. And here to talk to us about that is our good friend, Sheridan Voise. Sheridan is a writer, a speaker, a broadcaster. His latest book is called Reflect with Sheridan, here today to talk to us about healing the wounds of Jesus' followers. Sheridan, friend, hello. Hi, John. Hi, Kathy. Boy, I wish we could be talking about something different than this, uh, because uh, I'm sure probably both of you had contact with uh, Ravi over the yeah. years. I interviewed him some years ago, yeah. found him to be very charming, very brilliant. Uh, and this, of course, has shocked so many people, including ourselves. Yes. It really has. Um, Sheridan, we had a conversation last week with R. York Moore, who works for InterVarsity, and he was on the um, Speakers Bureau for RZIM and kind of gave his feeling of kind of being on the inside and finding out what was going on. It's just like, it's one piece of grief and sadness and anger after another. Um, For all of you listeners who are interested in that, you can uh, link to that interview on our, either one of our Twitter feeds, mine or John, or on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Also, if you're on Facebook right now, you can log on and and see our conversation with Sheridan because we can look at Sheridan's face, even though he's on the other side of the pond, which is super (laughs) fun. Um, But you're right. There's nothing fun about this conversation, Sheridan. And healing is difficult enough. Um, if you're healing after, you know, uh, losing someone close to you, or you perhaps experienced abuse, um, at the hands of an authority figure in your life. Um, but when that authority figure was a member of the church and, you know, ostensibly said that they followed Jesus, I mean, it's just that the, I don't, the healing process is just so different. You know, I think it's probably Ravi Zacharias and then what, 12, 18 months ago, we had the revelations about Jean Vanier, um, you know, who was called, quote unquote, you know, a living saint. I think, you know, we've had a number of high profile church ministers, you know, be found out to be living a, a double life, not to the same degree as some of these sins. But, you know, I think it's been those two in particular that have really hit me personally, because 
you know, they really did come across as um, as wholesome individuals. I am not to the point of saying that I somehow think that these were cretins, you know, that they were somehow, um, I'm not even, I don't feel comfortable going as far as saying they were wolves in sheep's clothing. You know, I really don't think that that was the case. I think these were legitimate followers of Christ doing good work in their own way. But neither can we say that they just kind of slipped into a little bit of sexual compromise. I mean, in both cases, we're talking about instances of quite strategic targeting of vulnerable people, uh, vulnerable people that came along their path. Um, And in Ravi's case, unfortunately, you know, both financial and emotionally vulnerable women who came in along his path, and then he he somehow was able to 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 notice them, sniff them out as it were, and then to be able to listen to them, give them financial gifts, give them you know gifts gifts of attention, um, and then of course that makes them uh, almost obliged. Then when he starts to then approach them with other things, so yes. th- we can't minimize how desperately bad these actions actually were from Ravi. Right, and so as you say, Sheridan, it wasn't one of these things like oops, my bad. This went on for an awfully long time. In Ravi's case, it's well documented for years and years and years. And so at the same time, you know, the victims, I mean, how do you even make sense of this? So, I mean, I think people have been saying, we've talked about this and please chime in. What about Ravi's ministry and his teachings, all of his books? Are those themselves essentially null and void or because they are Christ-centered, of course, it's Jesus' words, Jesus' life, there is still strength and validity there. Gosh, this is a big one, isn't it? I've got Jean Vanier's books on my bookshelf. I've got Ravi Zacharias's books. I can just see them from here. I've got a number of other books from other people that have, you know, have kind of come toppling down in in recent years. Uh, And I don't know what to do with them, to be absolutely honest. Um, You want to be consistent. The fact is that, say, somebody as wonderful as Martin Luther, uh, he once wrote the most atrocious now, when we look back at it, the most atrocious anti-Semitic tract, which ultimately was used by the Nazis to to fuel the um, the horrendous things that they did against the Jews. Um, now, we condemn that piece of writing from Martin Luther, but we also then recognize the good that he brought too. I would hate for us to somehow think that, say, all of Jean Vanier's um, uh, large communities for uh, the disabled around the world. You know, somehow, we, we, you know, we, we kind of write those off. No, they should continue on. Uh, uh, that's good work that he was, you know, used by God, I believe, to actually start. So when it comes to Ravi Zacharias, you want to be consistent. There are things that we can still learn from Ravi Zacharias's books. But then again, I think it's appropriate that publishers have pulled the books from bookshelves. I think it's appropriate that RZIM have taken Ravi's uh, videos off YouTube because as much as we might still be able to learn from those books, I don't think we can quote them. I don't think that those of us who, you know, go up onto a church stage and preach or jump onto a radio show like this and talk, I don't think we can quote him positively anymore because we're we're quoting somebody who did horrendous things. And then this is almost worse than the things that he did was then actually went and and tried to silence these women and silence these couples to make sure that they wouldn't share those things. And then unfortunately, both Ravi and also some members of the board, and this is documented, um, you know, also went to malign those staff members that kept on asking questions to work out whether this was true or not. So it's very difficult to be able to quote 
um, Ravi now or Jean Vanier. Um, I think we can both learn from their work, but I don't want to quote them publicly anymore because of the hurt that it can bring to those victims and other people. I had somebody named Diane and she gave me permission to use her name. Um, she dropped me an email after this all came out and she said, oh, you know what? I thought I had dealt with my own sexual uh, uh, abuse in my past. And it was nowhere near to what these women have gone through. And yet this stirs it all up again. You know, here again, we have this kind of, you know, pillar of the community. Everybody, you know, lauded as these wonderful saintly people that have been found to be something different. And it's brought it all up again for me. Now, multiply Diane by how many other women and perhaps some men as well for whom this has brought this all back up again. And maybe they weren't listened to when they got up the gumption, got up the, the nerves, got up the bravery to be able to tell somebody about it. Maybe they weren't uh, believed. Maybe they were also shut down and silenced because of, you know, the ramifications that this could bring to, to the person involved. It brings it all up again, you know, and so we need to walk with these people. We need to walk with them. Um, and I'm really grateful, really grateful that we serve a Lord who is the first one to run towards them, to heal them. We're talking to Sheridan Voisey. Sheridan's a writer, a speaker, and a broadcaster. He's written seven books, the latest being Reflect with Sheridan. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's important um, for us to bring up cancel culture because we've talked about it so much on our show. I'm sure you have as well, Sheridan. And John and I have talked about the evils of it. You know, the fact that you can't bring up somebody like, you know, on our side of the pond, Abraham Lincoln. Um, because people will say, well, you know, no, we, we, I don't want to honor Abraham Lincoln because, you know, there was this, you know, one blip in his otherwise beautiful record of, you know, honoring human rights. Um, and so we have to tear down his statue. We have to say he was a bad president. We have to say he was a bad man. And John and I have been trying to say, no, 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 let, let, let's not be um, chronological snobs. Right. Let's not assume that our understanding of everything is perfect as of right now. And let's look back at people and say, well, they were, you know, they were good and they were bad, like every other human. I really don't think the Ravi Zacharias story is that we're not trying to cancel somebody because we just don't like one blip on his resume. And so I, I think we have to recognize this is a different level of predation. You know, this is a different level of twisting scriptures. This is a different level of manipulation of vulnerable people. And it really does cause us to reevaluate the whole thing simply because of the enormity of it, I think. Right. It really does. And there is something about, and, and I'm absolutely with you when it comes to cancel culture, because sure. um, there is something, there is a certain kind of violence in itself of that, you know, when we somehow pull out somebody and you know, it's, it's incredibly politicized, isn't it? It's only coming yeah. from one particular direction, although, you know, it can come from both political directions as well. But there seems to be this sense in which we're going to pull down all these people we don't currently agree with right now. Um, and we need to face these things legitimately, but also recognize almost kind of run the Martin Luther test over them and say, what can we keep mm. that we can still be grateful for? But yeah. when it comes to comes to the abuse of women, the targeted abuse of women that was unrepentant, I think that's different. You know, some people say, mm -hmm. "Oh, but what about King David?" You know, he 
the incident with Bathsheba. And then another step uh, beyond that, he then went and made sure that her husband was, you know, killed in the front lines of battle. You know, uh, what about him? Well, actually, David repented, and he repented with absolute tears and remorse. Um, We have that right throughout the scriptures. We're not talking about that in the case of Ravi Zacharias or uh, Jean Vanier, from what we understand. So, um, and the, the key thing I think is, why are we running to try and tidy up the man mm. when actually there's a whole bunch of victims mm-hmm. that I think we need to be running to. You know, the verse and the passage of Scripture that has just so impacted me in this, when the, when, when the final report came out from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, the same night I read that and just was kind of going, oh, my goodness, this is so bad. It was worse than anybody actually thought. Mm-hmm. The very same night I was reading Luke 22, and this is where, you know, the night of Jesus' arrest and, you know, the, the chief priests and the mob come for Jesus. And and Peter, in his typical way, he says, Lord, you know, should we defend ourselves? You know, should we should we attack with our swords? Pulls out a sword and goes and attacks the servant of the high priest and cuts off his ear. And what does Jesus do? The first thing he says is, enough, no more of this, stop. And then, here's the beautiful part, he runs over to the victim and he heals the ear. Now, I just think that is the scripture for us to be talking about now because, you know, for the victims of Ravi Zacharias and John Vanier and the others, um, here's the Lord that we follow running to heal the wounds inflicted by his own followers. And, you know, I'm so glad that that story is in the scriptures because it, it gives us that biblical precedence that this is the priority in this in this moment. It's not actually saying, oh, I'm going to suddenly go and defend the good works of Peter, of what he's done in his past. <laughs> no, it's actually I'm going to run to the victim and we're going to do all we can to, to help and heal them. Good. So, Sheridan, I think probably the problem is for a lot of people, whether it's your local pastor at your church or, you know, fill in the blank of the next big preacher, you know, whether it's uh, Tim Keller or Russell Moore or someone that you know and love in England who you follow, all of a sudden then everyone becomes a suspect. And that's a heck of a way to engage when the gospel of Christ is proclaimed from the pulpit and from books or wherever the media is. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go back to Diane, this lady who emailed me and she said, can I trust anybody? Can I ever trust any church leader again? Because this keeps on happening. And, you know, I think we need to walk very gently and carefully with the Dianes of the world because that's how it can feel. It's like, hang on, do we have any heroes left? Because they all seem to be toppling. Actually, we do. (laughs) We've got a lot. And, you know, my mathematician, statistician wife (laughs) would probably be the first one to, to look at the objective facts here. We're talking about... Um, we're talking about an incredibly small fraction of a percent um, of people mm-hmm. uh, out of the millions of Christian leaders that there are in the world now and there have been, you know, over the centuries. Um, look, the vast majority are good people. They have, Of course they're flawed, like all of us, mm-hmm. um, but they're not, you know, uh, running around doing these kinds of things. I don't think we need to go on a witch hunt and I don't think we need suddenly to then kind of say, you know, almost everybody is suspect. Everybody around us is suspect. 
Now, I think maybe those who have had some sort of abuse in their past, they almost develop like a sixth sense, almost like a they're able to sniff out problem behavior, sometimes without even recognizing it. And, you know, I think that that's actually an asset in this kind of situation and say, you know what, you could probably trust your instincts. Don't go and rat on somebody because of those instincts. You need to then check out and make sure that there's some sort of factual you know, basis to what you're, you're concerned about. But no, you can trust the people around you. But that's easy for me to say. What I have to do, and maybe all of us have to do, is we walk gently with Diane and we just take the time to help her rebuild trust in other people because it does take time to rebuild that trust, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. And it also should give each one of us who followed Jesus pause that, you know, if we're if we're at a moment of decision in our life, um, if we decide against Christ, then that can affect millions of people. And you think, well, nobody really knows me. And it's not like I'm like Ravi Zacharias. But there are people who do know you. There are people that do watch you. There are people who would be completely negatively impacted were you to fall. And I don't mean to exaggerate our own sense of self self-importance, but I also don't want to minimize it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, like we're supposed to be living for Christ and we're supposed to look different. And when we don't, we hurt the cause. We just we hurt him. Right. And when there is a moment where, you know, we with our proverbial swords, you know, pull them out like Peter and somehow bring damage and, you know, may it only ever be at the word level and never at the action level. But, you know, when we do that, I mean, to, to, to apologize profusely is part of maintaining that witness that you're talking about, Kathy. Of course, we're going to be saying things sometimes to people that we are to otherwise go, well, what? What was going on in my life that I said that to you? I'm so, so sorry. And so when we actually give an apology, when we repent, you know, that in itself is a powerful thing. When we don't, that is what an unbelieving world looks at and goes, well, and you you lot think that you have the right to preach to us? (laughs) So I think you're right, Kathy. I mean, it's a big wake-up call. So it's not perfect living. It's responsible living, being willing to repent. At any and all times, to right. say what really, to say who we really are, and truly right. mean it, and really mean it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and truly mean it. Yeah, yeah. Sheridan Voisey is with us. Sheridan joins us from BBC Radio 2's Zobel's Breakfast Show. And uh, Sheridan, uh, people want to find you online. Where should they? Do, where should they go? SheridanVoisey.com, and that's with a V for victory. Um, but you know. You probably put almost any spelling of my name into Google, and it'll probably come <laughs> up. <laughs> SheridanVoisey.com. That's good. Sheridan, we love you. Thank you so much for being with us again. Yeah, right back at you. Good Thank to you. see you. You too. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Uh, let's talk about a local story about UPMC and their earnings, which were released yesterday. Straight ahead. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Word FM. Let's call it the couch cushion dash. This is the moment when you need a tip for the pizza man, a few bucks for your kid's lunch, or you can't say no to the sweet eight-year-old and her thin mints. But you've got no cash and no other options but to tear apart the house, searching for hidden money. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And it's funny how we can usually find a way to scrounge together a few bucks hidden around our house. Shame on you if it's from your kid's piggy banks. For many Word FM listeners, though, there's enough money sitting inside your home to buy a swimming pool full of Thin Mints. Home values have gone up across the country the last few years, leaving many of us with a good chunk of equity tucked inside our homes that we could cash out to use for life. 
If you'd like us to help, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group and timeshare cancellation advocate. I was sued by the largest timeshare company in federal court for simply helping people cancel their timeshare that they had been lied to about. The jury sized me up and came back with a verdict after only 20 minutes. And yes... I won. My husband and I are more than grateful to everyone at Wesley Financial Group. You know, thanks to Chuck and his team, we feel as though a weight has been lifted and we can move on without the worry of a troublesome timeshare. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, it's my mission to get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Want to learn more about getting rid of your troublesome timeshare? Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation. Call 800-881-4242. That's 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Tonight, we'll see clear skies. Expect a low tonight of 27. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. Tomorrow's high, 56. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy skies with a low of 30. Thursday will be breezy with sunshine and a few clouds. Thursday will be a little bit cooler with a high of 35. Weatherproof your next adventure with AccuWeather. Download the newly redesigned AccuWeather app today. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. I had uh, shoulder surgery this year at UPMC. What a great facility. I mean, seriously, my experience there from A to Z, soup to nuts, was first rate in every conceivable way. So when you see the headline that was released yesterday, despite the pandemic, UPMC rakes in a record high $23.1 billion in 2020 revenue. You go, whoa, that is a lot of money. Now here, let me let me just go down on this a little further. A record high, as I said, twenty three point one billion. It's nearly two and a half billion more than the nonprofit health system generated in twenty nineteen, and it's up seventy percent <laughs> since twenty sixteen. Seventy percent rise in revenue since twenty sixteen. Um, I don't know what that means as far as a nonprofit. But, you know, they got uh, UPMC got a billion dollars in federal assistance 
COVID grants and deferred payments, bolstered by strong gains from insurance arm that helped offset hospital losses during the lockdown, which led to this gigantic profit. Listen, I am with you. I don't understand the tax code, nor do I understand economics very well. But how can that be a nonprofit? I don't know. The largest employer in Pennsylvania outside of the government is UPMC. Okay, great. How can that be a nonprofit? I just, I do not get it. Yeah. So I mean, maybe someone can email me, Kathy at wordfm.com and explain it to I me. I think it's the question that everybody's asking. And of course, this is not a new question. This is just something that comes up from time to time when you see the revenue that's generated and the profit that's, of course, goes hand in hand with that. Right. And all things to say, I'm not trying to beat up on UPMC because of course not. I, I'm a we're byproduct of them we're this year. Gr- we're all grateful it's here. You right. know, your shoulder is in terrific shape. Yeah. There are, you know, untold numbers of nurses and techs and uh, therapists oh, and physicians jobs. who are, who do a wonderful job. I, it's just, so I, I have no argument with it. I, I just, from a business standpoint, I don't get it. Um, especially in, in the COVID-19 era, when how many people who run a small business, like a restaurant mm-hmm. or a bakery or a whatever, a bar, like are either scraping by or have just completely lost their shirt. Out of business, yeah. I mean, anyway. it just seems like, I don't know. A record high, $23.1 billion in revenue in 2020. Now, not profit, just revenue. Just let that sit with you for a little bit. Let's take a quick break, come back. Todd Allen will join us from Messiah College. We're going to talk about the religiosity of Black Americans. That's next. The Ride Home with John and Kathy here in Word FM. WORD. Leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Those who are not anchored in Christ alone, by faith alone, through grace alone, are going to buy into the ploy of the Antichrist. Dr. Michael Youssef. Those who have decided for themselves what they want to believe, how they're going to live, they will be mesmerized by the trickery of the Antichrist. Learn more this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, my pillow is offering the premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium my pillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All my pillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. 
which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Our good friends at Pew Research have recently done a, a, a study, and what they've determined is that black Americans are more religious than the American public overall. These are very interesting findings. Here to talk to us about that from Messiah College is Dr. Todd Allen. Todd is the founder of the Common Ground Project. It's a nonprofit dedicated to teaching the history of the civil rights movement. And Todd, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Good. Good to be with you. Always good. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Todd. So, you know, there's been a lot of conversation in the last decade about the secularization, um, the increasing secularization of America. And um, perhaps looking at these uh, numbers, it might just be a, um, a Caucasian phenomenon and not affecting the black church. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think if you read the report uh, closely, it does say uh, that, that in younger generations uh, that you don't see the same level of participation uh, that you might see in, in my generation uh, and older. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer as somebody who is the, the product uh, of the black church, that that was the space where uh, I found my voice. Uh, that was the space where I found my vision uh, to serve my community. I'm a firm believer uh, that if we continue to train up our children in the way they should go, they might, you know, get off into college or get in their 20s and maybe 30s and, and wander a little bit, uh, as all of us, I'm sure, have done. Uh, but they will find their way back uh, yeah. to the church. So, Todd, and what is it? I mean, obviously, there, there is. We could talk about the the differences between black church and white church a lot, but there's something that's central to this, right? Um, is it the strength of the pastor that the pastor himself is a major figure in the community? Is it just more church involvement? Is it just a history of you know grandmas and aunts are going to church, so by goodness you're going to go too? Or is it all those things together? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't think it's one single thing, and, and you know, I should, should be clear, and they're, they're clear about this in the report as well. You know, we use that phrase, the black church, as though we're talking about one distinctful uh, uh, entity, uh, and it's, it's much more complex, uh, complex than that. Um, but I think there are so many factors. But, you know, just when you think about the history of the African-American experience, um, the late Dr. Uh, James Cone uh, put it this way. He said, you know, black churches are powerful forces in our community because it was the one place where you could have an imagination that nobody could control. Whether we're talking about in times of slavery, whether we're talking about in times of Jim Crow, whether we're talking about now in, 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 the, in the midst of the pandemics of, of, of race and health that we're experiencing. Uh, it's the one place where God said you're somebody, and you can hang on and hold on to that, that the trueness of that hope. Hmm. 
Boy, that's a powerful thought. It really is, Todd. Well, you know, if, if, you, if you had a chance recently um, uh, in the past uh, week or so, yeah. uh, Dr. Henry Lewis Gates uh, ran a whole series uh, on, uh, on the black church um, in, in, in terms of, you know, telling the story of, of, of the experience of African-Americans in this country and how it's one not only of personal um, redemption, uh, but it's a story uh, of a group of people uh, who sought the redemption uh, to be a redemptive force in the nation uh, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Talk about the involvement of, of women in the black church, because when I look at the black church and you see the strength of women, you know, whether they're preaching, teaching or elders or whatnot, there's, a, again, a difference between that and, you know, a traditional Christian white church. Well, you know, uh, again, you know, the beauty of this of this series is, is that it highlighted the black church in, both in all of its perfection uh, as well as in its shortcomings and contradictions. I mean, yes, you may see an expansive role in some churches, in some denominations uh, of women, uh, particularly in leadership, uh, but in others you may see a very traditional role and expectation of women. The interesting thing, you know, if you were to break down the the, the 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 numbers, or at least the experience uh, that I have in numbers, women far out uh, outnumber uh, men in, in 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 just about every congregation that I've I've ever been a part of, and you know I I say that that we wouldn't have uh, an African American church uh, were it not for uh, the women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Todd Allen is with us from Messiah College. Um, Todd, you know this is you, I feel a little bit of frustration in your voice, you know, just talking about the black church, like it's this, you know, one, you know, monolith. unit. Yeah. Monolith. That's a good word, John. Um, and, you know, I experienced that through, you know, all the Trump years, you know, evangelicals support Trump. Well, I think, well, even, <laughs> like, what does that even mean? You know, evangelicals is not a monolith either. And it is frustrating when you're talking about, you know, large movements, like every person who might uh, call themselves a certain thing does a certain thing. And that's just not the way it is. Um, but, you know, you growing up in the black church and being a member of one um you said that you you, you had been to- formed by it and so i guess i want to know what that was like how were you formed by it and how you know w- what amount of days did that include what what activity what mattered to you as you were growing up sure sure i guess you know first of all i, I wouldn't say that that, that, that i'm frustrated i, I just want to make sure that, that that people know that we're talking about a variety of forms uh, of uh, of expression, you know, when we use that phrase, uh, the, you know, the black church or the African-American church. You know, for me, um, you know, when I say I'm a product of, of the black church, uh, I mean, I grew up born and raised, particularly in the Baptist church, um, but with a little hint of, you know, my African Methodist Episcopal roots, you know, on my, on my father's side uh, of the equation. You know, I say that the black church is a place where I found my voice, and I mean that literally found my voice. You know, you've got to get up there and give that Eastern Christmas speech, right? <laughs> and uh, at a young age, you know, you're holding that microphone that feels bigger than than, than, than you are. Uh, but it was really a space where, uh, you know, with the support of the teachers that you had and the congregation, uh, that you really literally did find your voice. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. while I may have been scared and probably forgotten more of the speeches than than I would remember when I practiced, I still love that moment. And so it's no mystery to me that I do what I do today. Um, and I trace that back to literally finding my voice in the black church. And when mm-hmm. I say that's where also where I found my vision, I mean that both in the historic sense when I think about the role, not just of 
of the preachers, but the membership uh, in congregations. Um, but also just my vision in my local congregation that I was raised in uh, to serve my community. And that's something that, you know, even when I moved here, my wife and I and son moved here four years ago, that we looked for uh, in a congregation as well. Something that I saw young people getting the opportunity to have their voice and a, a church that I saw that had a vision. Fabulous. Todd Allen's with us from Messiah College. Hey, Todd, let's do a little a quick tributary. Talk to us about Messiah, uh, how you fared over the pandemic, what student life is like. I mean, how are things going for you guys? Yes, we are. Uh, well, first of all, you know, I, I have to I have to remind you, we're Messiah University now. I'd be in trouble. Oh, so, you see, we're slow on the uptake, Todd. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're we're big time. We're university now. Um, but no, we are we are. You know, with with God's grace, we are we are hanging on here. Uh, we uh, have been able to be in session both last semester and and this semester. Uh, we're heading towards uh, not quite spring break. Uh, next week. Uh, it's just going to be a long weekend, and we're trying to emphasize it as a staycation, uh, even though I know okay. some travel restrictions have been, been lifted. But we're, we're, you know, we're doing well. Uh, it'll be better when the, when the weather changes and we can actually yeah. get outside a little more. Are you kidding me? Boy, isn't that the truth for all of us? Maybe if we could, <laughs> maybe if we could sniff a vaccine around here, that'd be good too. Anyway, well, yeah, no, yeah, we, we, we've, uh, we're, we're still waiting on that here in these parts as, as, as well. That's the great state of Pennsylvania, east or west. We're all struggling. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> That's Dr. Todd Allen, Vice President for Diversity Affairs and Professor of Communication at Messiah University. Mm-hmm. More information about Todd, you can find him online. Thanks, Thanks Todd. Todd. Always a pleasure. Thank you. My name is Tanya Ettinger, the Pittsburgh wedding planner and your luxury event concierge. Oh my, do you have to plan your wedding yet again? You don't know how many guests you're allowed to have at your wedding? Do you have to wear a mask or not? Your venue's not calling you back? It doesn't have to be that way. I am pandemic on-site protocol certified and I'm the solution to your wedding problems. At Weddings of Pittsburgh, my team and I will make your dreams come true. We attend to your every need so you don't have to lift a finger or worry about anything. Relax, leave the stress behind, and enjoy the adventurous experience that my magic will provide you. Go to WeddingsofPittsburgh.com, fill out the contact form, and enjoy the wedding you've always dreamed of. Tanya Ettinger with Weddings of Pittsburgh. Let's make magic. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7, 365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. 
Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Miller Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 652233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. In your household, are you the chore person, right? I mean, yeah. there's the bill person, mm-hmm. the chore person, all the, everybody has their assigned roles. And of course- yeah. Sometimes they can, you know, you trade off, right? Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, we have we have definitively defined roles. We've been married 28 years. Mm. So we've had a lot of time to hone these. Yeah. Um, but we never discuss them. You don't. You just you, go about well, and do no, them. I mean, we, we, we discuss them, but we never initially discuss. It's not like we decided upon them oh, with some did. like family meeting. They just evolved. Oh, that's so, really like, good. My husband always does the garbage. Yeah. Now we never discussed that. I don't know how that happened. I do, you know, 98% of the cooking. Yeah. Um, if I cook, he does the dishes. Mm-hmm. It's a trade-off yep. type That's of thing. That's good. That's what we do too. Right. Same. same. Um, so I, I don't know. I, it, it's a curious thing. Why? Well, I'm, I'm seeing this thing to, from Procter & Gamble. Uh, they're changing up their, their cleaning supplies. They have this campaign now that says, uh, come clean to close the chore gap. Because apparently, 63% of women say that they are mainly responsible for chores, 63% of the household chores. So Procter & Gamble sees this, and and they're trying to make products that would appeal to somehow a guy sensibility. Take your your Dawn dishwashing liquid. I like Dawn, right? It's a good product. So now they have it, instead of like just a little bottle that you you just squirted out, they have a spray pump. Which for a guy, if you want to like clean a frying pan, that's it. One little, you know, a little spray. So it's like one. So the guy, it's kind of like, you know, kind of stupid. Like guys are like simple and they just want to sit around spraying soap all day long. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So somehow that's more masculine than like squeezing the Dawn out of the little. I don't know. I don't know if it's masculine. I think it's the novelty of it all. The guys, you know, oh, look, it's something shiny. I can spray something. It's like making dishes. Are you guys really that simple? I don't think so. But apparently Procter & Gamble. Now they also do the Swifter. That's a Swiffer. (laughs) <laughs> not the swifter <laughs> okay so you know when you use that you yeah, see obviously you don't but okay <laughs> when you use the swifter you see the dirt right away right the little yeah. pad gets dirty they're yeah. saying oh guys like that because there's instant results so they're selling that to guys of look when you clean instead of like using a wet mop you see the water get filthy fast right, right. but with that little swifter thing 
There's the dirt, the dog hair, all that. And apparently that appeals, according to Procter & Gamble, now this is not me, according to P&G, somehow that appeals to a guy's sensibility of job well done. That's super weird. I don't know. I mean, if you guys want to be that way, I, like as long as you're helping around the house, I don't really care. But I, I do think it's a little like yeah. affected to you know need something extra. I just think it's a marketing person, you know, connected in a big corporate entity that's just trying to sell a product. And here's a new thread to make it work or not. That's all. Right. Anyway, do your chores and don't just complain about squeeze it. Squeeze your dish detergent on the Look, I'm doing a pan. You want an award? Maybe. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Drug maker Merck will help reduce rival Johnson & Johnson's newly approved coronavirus vaccine in an effort to expand supply more quickly. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo facing calls for resignation from some members of his own party. As most leading Democrats signal, they want to wait the results of the Attorney General's investigation into claims the governor sexually harassed aides. Cuomo himself has avoided public appearances for days now. Family members say Vernon Jordan, a civil rights activist and former advisor to President Bill Clinton, has died. Jordan was 85. Stocks are finishing lower on Wall Street after a wobbly day, giving back some of their big gains from a day earlier. The Dow dropped 144 points. The Nasdaq was off 230. The S&P 500 down 31. This is SRN News. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Mortgage commercials are rarely exciting. So to make it slightly more interesting, here are my nieces to do it for me. So interest rates continue to drop like my sister's baby teeth. Come on, Uncle Ryan had to say the same thing last year. That's true. Last year, it was rates are boring talk historically low. And now this year, there's somehow even more boring talk historically lower than the previous boring talk historically low. Sounds boring. But for so many listeners who just haven't wanted to deal with it, refinancing right now could save you massive amounts of Lego sets. Rates have gotten that low. Some borrowers could potentially save hundreds monthly and tens and tens of thousands over the life of a loan. And if you didn't put 20% down before, some could even stop having to pay PMI. Give Uncle Ryan a shot. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage lender license number 22672. A heart attack? He was 47. What about Janice and the kids? Do they have life insurance? No. 
Call Select Quote now and get the insurance your family needs at a price you can afford. In minutes, Select Quote found John 45 in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $29 a month. And his wife Anne 43 in excellent health, a $500,000 policy for only $21 a month. At Select Quote, we comparison shop some of the most trusted insurance companies in America to find you the best rate in minutes. And it's free. For your free quote, call 1-800-644-1331. That's 1-800-644-1331. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-644-1331. Select quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Tonight, we'll see clear skies. Expect a low tonight of 27. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. Tomorrow's high, 56. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy skies with a low of 30. Thursday will be breezy with sunshine and a few clouds. Thursday will be a little bit cooler with a high of 35. Weatherproof your next adventure with AccuWeather. Download the newly redesigned AccuWeather app today. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Big news yesterday about Bethany Christian Services. Bethany Christian Services announced that it would begin providing services to LGBTQ parents nationwide, effective immediately which is, of course, a major inflection point in the fraught battle over many faith-based agencies' longstanding opposition to working with same-sex couples. This is really seismic. I'm reading from an article, Ruth Graham, in yesterday's New York Times. Bethany Christian Services, now they advertise for years here on our station, is a Michigan-based evangelical organization. Uh, And an email to about 1,500 staff members signed by Chris Paluski, the organization's president and chief executive, quote, he says, we will now offer services with the love and compassion of Jesus to the many types of families who exist in our world today. We're taking an all-hands-on-deck approach. We're all welcome. Now, of course, the announcement is a significant departure for the 77-year-old organization, which is the largest Protestant adoption and foster agency in the United States, and I would say probably in the world, Bethany had facilitated 3,406 foster placements and 1,123 adoptions in 23. Uh, in I'm sorry, in 2019, it has offices in 20, 32 states. The organization, Bethany, also works in refugee placement, offers other placement services related to child and family welfare. Now, previously, Openly gay, prospective foster and adoptive parents in most states were referred to other agencies. And so now this decision, of course, comes amid a high stakes culture and legal battle that features questions that we all know very well about sexuality, religious freedom, parenthood, family structure and biblical teachings. Am I right, John, that you were reading from The New York Times there? I was, yes. Okay. Ruth Graham. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I find this a really hard issue, uh, or I, I think there's a lot of nuances and 
complications to it. Um, you know, in, in one way I'm disappointed in Bethany's decision because I feel like, um, one of the things that we need to be championing right now in America is when organizations can decide on their own, um, to follow whatever principles they want to follow. Um, and so I'm, you know, since this historically has not been, uh, Bethany's perspective, it seems as if it's caving. And, um, and so regardless of whatever perspective an organization has, I want to stand up for their right to have it. You know what sure, I mean? And course, not right. just not just bow to, to be politically correct. On the other hand, on the other hand, when you see children, especially children in long term foster care who more than anything need loving presence in their life. Now, of course, we can go six ways to Sunday about what constitutes a family and what is the role of the mother and the role of the father. These are all well trod. But I, you know, you're, you got to think, I think, and even saying this is contentious. When you think about the children first and them to, and the children's ability to come into a family, whatever that family looks like, two men, two women, I know this is deeply contentious. I mean, there's a story yesterday about the first polyamorous birth certificate where three gay men are a family and they're raising their ch- a child. This is the world that we live in now. So how I'm with you, Kath, I'm deeply divided, but when it comes down to placing a child into a home where a child is not part of the system anymore, but a child has its own bedroom, its own dinner table, its own school, the child is surrounded by other people in the community I can't say no to that. I know, of course. I need to have that child loved and cemented. So, plus, I guess what? I haven't adopted a child. Right. So, if there are kids that need adopting, I haven't stood up and said I'm willing to adopt one. And so, it seems hip, uh, slightly hypocritical on right. my part to be, you know, preachy about, you know, who adopts and who doesn't. Right. Here's another statistic from the Ruth Graham article in the New York Times. 3% of so-called straight families adopt. 3%. 3%. Wow. 20% of gay families adopt, which makes sense, of course, because, you know, unless you're doing, you know, borrowing someone's eggs or, you know, whatever, that whole, which is another story. So, Bethany, uh, you say it's caving. Uh, Yeah, I, I get that. I don't say it's caving. I said, it seems to me like caving. And so that's my first response is, oh, I wish they wouldn't have done that. I just, I, I, again, let me just reiterate, if you're just joining the conversation, I really support any organization being able to make decisions for themselves and not just cave into public pressure or what is the, you know, in morality of the time, you know, I believe organizations should be able to choose for themselves. And, and because this is a departure for Bethany, it did seem like they were caving. Now the decision of the board was unanimous. That doesn't sound much like a cave, no. you know, or I, so I don't know. I, I, I think, I hope it's valuable for people uh, listening to the show to hear us struggle with this 
because it's not an easy question. No. And um, it would, you know, it's super easy to spout off an opinion and say, this is the way it should be, or that's the way it should be. Um, but when you try to put yourself in a real life situation and you think about kids who are in need, then. Kids are in I, need. I think I, I, for me, I come back to that. And I would say this, there are no accidental, accidental adoptions in gay families. Right. I mean, you've got to work really hard to make this work. I would, th- I think, right. I mean, they go into it with a lot of strength with, uh, I think uh, obviously goodwill and a lot of love. They want a child. So they're working extra hard to get that. I, I just, and I'm not going to pull out the old trope, you know, what would Jesus do? No, right? absolutely not. I never want to pull out. Well, that people trope. are going to say that, right. Yeah, what well, would Jesus that's, do? That's no, fine. But I'm not going to say that. I, so And then if you're listening to the program and you're gay um, and you're thinking, boy, these two sound like a bunch of bigots. We're not. I'm I'm not trying to be a bigot. I'm just trying to say that, you know, I am a Christian and I subscribe to um, what the scripture tells us about sexuality. And I'm not trying to point my finger at you and tell you you have to. I mean, you can live however you want. Um, But that's what I choose. And so, you know, this is being filtered through my opinion. And so that's what I'm saying. So for years, Bethany had a statement of faith, right, that they abided by. And now, you know, they did not allow gay people to adopt. They did not allow atheists to adopt, right? So now that's changed. And you think, well. But so the atheism part is also has also been. Uh, I, I don't know about that. But, you know, if you're allowing gay families to adopt. Uh, I don't know how would that even be included on a, on a, an adoption, you know, category as you go about the process. There's no easy answers here. And right? it's really hard. I'll be honest with all of you listening. It's really hard to have this conversation because no matter what John or I say, it's going to sound negative to somebody. Whatever. You just and, like everybody else. You're just trying to work it out on your own terms right. here. But I, I do. I need to come back to these kids. These kids need to be placed in homes where they're going to be loved. Right. Now, that comes, of course, with a gay family. Uh, is, is, how different is a gay family from a straight family? Well, we could check boxes there. We could have that conversation. But I do believe, you know, in those moments, right, you're tucking your child into bed at night. You're sitting at dinner time with your child. You're speaking to your child yeah. about life. Right. I don't think there's some sort of, you know, and I'll put this in air quotes, a gay agenda happening. I don't even know. People will talk about that. I think people just want to love people. And I know that comes with its own baggage as well. Know. You know, love is love. And, you know, the pushback on that. It's very difficult. But I just need to go back to what's best for a child. And as opposed to a child being in the system and being shuffled mm-hmm. around from one family, one foster family to another, as opposed to a child having its own bedroom and being in its own right. community and, you know, sitting at dinner every night and having someone to love for years, for decades, to set, call someone mom, to call someone dad and to really mean it. I can't deny that. No, me neither. I think that's really key. It's just a cultural change. And I know it does not make a lot of people in Christian communities happy. And I'm sure Bethany's going to take a hit from this. But I think it's important to talk about it, to think about it, to pray about it. Yeah. And it's, I think it's important to let people 
sit with it for a little bit. I mean, I'm not expressing to you some kind of fully formed opinion that I've had, you know, years to distill. And, you know, this is not, I'm not presenting this to you as a finished product. No, I'm but apparently Bethany does I'm, have a fully okay, formed opinion. But I'm saying I'm not a finished product. So Bethany's made their decision. So if you're sitting out there and you're not sure what you think, then just take some time. I mean, nobody has to, you know, pronounce judgment on Bethany Christian services in the next 12 hours. I mean, how about just sitting there for a year and just like trying to think about how we do things What the, what are the implications? What does this mean going forward and right. how can we continue to help kids and families? But I'm sure if you've adopted a child from Bethany Christian services, you cannot help but to sing their praises. Of course. Cause you love your baby. Right. Right. So right. it comes with that as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, it's in the news. We think it's important to speak about it, to talk about it, to pray about it. Take a quick break. Come back. Terry Tim is with us. Terry Tim is a regular guest on our show, and he's going to talk about an extraordinary Lent. That's ahead. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, Pittsburgh Christian Talk, Word FM. If you're a Christian, you believe Jesus is God. But could you explain to a friend why believing in the deity of Christ is essential for a Christian? And in practical terms, what effect should this doctrine have on your daily life? Consider those questions this week as John MacArthur shows you the importance of rediscovering the Christ of Scripture. Be here for grace to you. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley, 724-884-1496. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. 800-881-4242. Hey, I'm Laura Story. 
Alaska will truly take your breath away. If you ever wanted to see grizzlies catching salmon or humpback whales leaping from the water, I hope you will come with me to experience all this and more as we draw closer to the Creator for seven unforgettable days. Call 855-565-5519 or go online at deeperfaithcruise.com. 855-565-5519 or deeperfaithcruise.com. I was blessed to have my dad in my life until I was eight years old. His passing probably should have devastated my future. Once he was gone, life became really hard. Over the years, I heard so many negative messages, you know, like, you can't, you're not good enough, you won't succeed. I didn't understand it, but somehow they were all drowned out by one voice, my father's. In our short time together, he was constantly reaffirming me and reminding me that I was important to him and to God. He pictured a special future for me, helping me look beyond my circumstances and to dream of what I could be. Now I understand why his words had the greatest impact. He was giving me his blessing. The blessing. It's biblical, it's permanent, and it's one of the most powerful things you can do for your child. Find out more about The Blessing at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash Blessing. She's nine years old with curly brown hair. She watches out her window, just waiting for a family to love her. Maybe you're the one called to adopt her. Or maybe you aren't. Maybe you're the one called to help the family who does. Adopting is a tough time of transition and sometimes trauma, but there are ways you can help do yard work, cook some meals, or help around the house. Offer mom and dad a date night. Maybe you can be a mentor or friend to the newly adopted child. Just some ideas to get you started. Maybe you aren't called to adopt, but you can help those who do. Pray and see what God shows you. You could be part of adoption in a whole new way. Go to icareaboutorphans.org for more ideas. ICareAboutOrphans.org A message from Focus on the Family. If you're keeping score at home, we are in the second week of Lent. Here to talk about having an extraordinary Lent, Terry Tim, who's the pastor at Christ Community Church of the South Hills. Hey, Terry, good to see your face. How are you? I'm well, John. How are you? Good to see you, Kathy. Yeah, we can't complain. Well, you know, it's the COVID era. So I, I, I think I'd be satisfied with like a moderately good Lent. And you're offering extraordinary. I mean, it seems like too much to ask. Extraordinary, yeah. Okay. Really? But, but it's, you got to look carefully at that word, extraordinary. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, I like, I'm an ordinary kind of guy. No. And uh, I, I think our faith is, our faith is actually grounded in very ordinary things. But the beautiful thing about our faith and about our God is that God, uh, God does amazing things out of ordinary things. That's, that's kind of the good news of the gospel. God takes common, everyday, ordinary objects, takes mundane things, and has like this capacity to make much of things including mm-hmm. people, which like, that's really good news for all of us. Cause I mean, you guys are pretty impressive, but most of us are just ordinary. <laughs> <Right>. folks. <laughs> no, no, Terry. Okay. So look, if you're having an extraordinary Lent, people saying, I want that, give me that as well. What are you doing to have an extraordinary Lent? So I, I think, 
you know, it's funny when you talk about Lent and we're in the second week, we're, we're actually in like month 11 of Lent, right? I mean, right, like right. Lent has been going on since last year. We've had this like this year long uh, period of depriving yourself, giving up things in most cases, not voluntarily. So, I mean, it, it is different, I think, this year um, because we've had such a, a heavy slog over the last year. But for me, you know, one of the gifts of COVID has been a slower pace of life. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the things that I want to hold on to whenever we, we emerge from this and we ever reboot to whatever our new normal looks like, I really want to hold on to that slower pace. Because when we move slower, what, when I move slower, I, there's a greater tendency and possibility that I'm going to actually discover God. Hmm. Uh, it's, it, it's funny. Yeah, I, I'm teaching a class right now on leadership uh, with 22 uh, East, East African pastors and church leaders, and it's called The Leader's Life and Work. And I had them watch a film called Godspeed, which if it's a brilliant film. It's about a an Angle, American Anglican priest who does like a year-long uh, parish exchange in Scotland. And like the first day he shows up to the church, he's like, where's my office? And they're like, you don't have an office. <laughs> like your office is out with the people. And it was like this major paradigm shift. But he, he began to pastor in that Scottish parish at, at what he calls Godspeed. He said, Jesus walked about three miles an hour. Mm. And when you slow your life down, you start seeing things that are right in front of you. And, and that, that, that's what's happening for me this Lent season. I'm going slower and I'm asking God to help me pay attention to the ordinary things that are right in front of me and asking God to, to make those ordinary things uh, I want to use the word portal, like a portal to bring me into divine reality mm-hmm. in church language. I might say to make it sacramental, like that's what sacraments are, right? Bread, water, wine, ordinary things that God invites us to participate, to taste and see, and then experience the kingdom and God at a deeper level. That's a long answer to, I don't even remember what your question is. <laughs> That's good. That was a good answer. I just asked you about the extraordinary Lent and you gave yeah. it to me. Okay. So uh, now this is interesting when you were talking about moving at a slower pace and I like the story of the American Anglican priest going to Scotland and, you know, kind of seeing that there's just a whole different culture with a, a different demand of you, right? So in COVID culture, we kind of have a different demand of us. Okay. So one thing that I've shared... <laughs> I've shared about on the air and gotten picked on a lot for is the fact that I really hate to talk on the phone and people are like, you are a talk show host. How could you hate to talk on the phone? I think the reason I hate to talk on the phone is because we have to talk. That's what my job is. So when I'm not doing my job, I would rather not be talking because we talk all the time. However, in COVID, I seem to have cultivated more of a margin and I find myself able to do that. Now, this might not seem like any big deal to anybody. They're like, oh, well, congratulations, you can talk to somebody on the phone. But to me, it's actually a step forward in like embracing my humanity and not being so closed off. Do you know what I mean? And so I've really tried, you know, every two days to have a significant phone conversation. 
So to me, that's a lot. And sometimes I don't hit it, but, but anyway, it's just, I, I identified with what you were saying that there's, it's a different pace. And so it's bringing out different things. Mm-hmm. What I, I love what you said there, Kath, a lot of people, they practice Lent, they give up things for Lent. Right. I, I would suggest taking things on. Uh, and I, I don't know if that, like, this is my Lent practice. I'm going to make two phone calls a week, but that sounds a- so lame. It sounds oh, like baby. It's powerful though. You're adding something to your life. You're you're taking the margin that you recognize is there, maybe consciously or subconsciously. But uh, like again, a phone call is an is an ordinary thing, but in this season for you, it's 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 come alive. It's shimmering. Yeah. There's there's like there's there's life there, and that's what that's what Jesus always invited people into. And I think that's what he is inviting us into not a diminishment of life, but an amplification, a glorification of life that we don't have to wait for those grand mountaintop mm, like yeah, yeah. moments. Like they're right here. If we slow down and pay attention to them. So I, I think that's beautiful, Kathy. That's good. Okay. So then extraordinary Lent is that there is, connection here, right? There's an intentionality. I would say the COVID era for me has been about, you know, um, like I think a lot of people have suffered some, you know, pre-COVID, some health maladies. Being, you know, less active somehow, and I haven't had COVID, uh, and I praise God for that, that there's been a healing physically, maybe spiritually, certainly psychologically, that that has allowed to that's happened in my life. And I think the Lenten practice of reflection and prayer are part of that healing process. Mm. Wow. That's, that's mm. fascinating, John. Yeah. I mean, we even talk, I mean, there's the, that great text in Isaiah 53, by his stripes, we are healed. Yeah. And we think about healing, you know, I, I think most of us, we map onto that. That's like a spiritual healing. Like our sins are forgiven and we now are healed of our sins, but, but God is God is all about our wellness, body, mind, soul, and spirit. And so how can, you know, where do we see the activity of God? And it may be holistically, but maybe in this season, it's one thing that God just said, hey, Terry, hey, John and Kath, like, here's here's a space that I want to work in. Like, for me, <laughs> this is going to sound strange, but like, for me, a common everyday object that God's speaking to me right now is through bread. Hmm. I love bread. Like bread is like the most amazing thing. Yeah. But part of the last couple of months with COVID is I've put like 10 extra pounds on my body. Yeah. And so a couple of weeks ago, I just didn't, I didn't do this. I, I didn't do this for Lent, like give up bread for Lent. I gave up bread because I need to lose 10 pounds. But I'm telling you, like, every time I see bread, I smell bread, I think about bread, I obsess about bread, God is inviting me to like, Mm -hmm. Terry, let me satisfy your hunger. Mm. Like, don't, don't be satisfied by sticking a piece of bread in your mouth. Mm. Like I'm, I'm the living bread. Jesus said, I'm the, I'm Mm. the bread that has come down from heaven. And so it's this opportunity for me to, to experience wholeness in my body, but more than that, connect to the God who wants to bring that healing to, to every dimension of our being. Mm, uh, so I, I, I really appreciate you, you talking about you know, your own experience in this COVID season, John. Yeah. 
So it's beautiful. Okay, so then Lent, we think, and you say this, Terry, is we often think it's a subtraction, right? But we're talking about addition as well. So extraordinary can come in all sorts of flavors and, you know, different styles here. It doesn't have to be one thing, especially, uh, here's, what I, here's what I always worry about. Oh, it's week two. I'm, I'm too far behind. I've already missed the first week of Lent. Forget it. My Lent's over. I haven't done anything. I'm a loser. It's all done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the good news is, Easter's April 4th. We've got still over a month, right? We've got a month and two days. It's never too late to map onto the journey. And I would just say Lent is Lent is just a jump start because all our whole life is following Jesus. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. He didn't say just for the 40 days of Lent, the cross (laughs) is a way of life. So listeners feel free, jump on, jump on this, uh, this journey at any point in time and and it you'll reap benefits by doing it. That's the Reverend Terry Tim, Christ Community Church of the South Hills. We are live on Facebook. If you'd like to watch the show, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Also, we're broadcasting on 101.5, Word FM, 96.5 FM, and 7.30 AM, WPIT. I'm telling you, there are so many ways that you can listen to The Ride Home, but not for the next couple of minutes because we have to take a break. When we come back, Terry, we're going to kind of change our uh, perspective and all the uh, Dr. Seuss information that's in the news right now. Was he really a racist? And are we into book banning or what's happening now? We'll talk about it next. The right hand. The far left controls the White House and both houses of Congress. But Alliance Defending Freedom wants to make sure they don't control your house. Religious freedom, sanctity of life, free speech, and parental rights. Precious freedoms that ADF will protect at the courthouse. With God's help, we have over 2,000 victories, including 11 at the Supreme Court. And because ADF is a tax-deductible nonprofit ministry, we provide our services at no charge to those whose freedom is threatened. We have a challenging 48 months ahead of us. We must be prepared to stand for freedom. Call 833-993-4377 with your most generous gift or visit adflegal.org slash freedom to sign the freedom statement and commit to help us sustain our efforts. 833-993-4377 or click adflegal.org slash freedom. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our company Companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. John 316. For God so loved the world, the whole world, everyone, anyone, that a lot of people, that he gave his one and only son, his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. 
There's more at FocusOnTheFamily.com. At Eden Christian Academy, hope is rising. Hope that is secure in God, that builds faith, and inspires a love that can't be stopped. Eden is where parents find hope in a true educational partner, where students see faith woven into every subject, and where teachers model the love of Christ to every child from pre-K through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour at any of their three North Hills campuses and witness the hope, faith, and love that Eden can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see clear skies. Expect a low tonight of 27. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. Tomorrow's high, 56. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy skies with a low of 30. Thursday will be breezy with sunshine and a few clouds. Thursday will be a little bit cooler with a high of 35. Weatherproof your next adventure with AccuWeather. Download the newly redesigned AccuWeather app today. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Remember reading Green Eggs and Ham or The Cat in the Hat? Today is uh, Dr. Seuss's birthday. Theodore Seuss Geisel. And uh, on this March 2nd, uh, it used to be, there's Green Eggs and Ham. Kath is holding it up on our uh, Facebook feed. Uh, it's a really beautiful book. But apparently that has made the cut. However, six books have been uh, sort of assigned to the dustbin of history because uh, Dr. Seuss has been called out as a racist. And so the Dr. Seuss people, the people who control the foundation that Dr. Seuss, um, you know, his legacy and his publishing empire is part of, they have voluntarily withdrawn six books because of racist accusations. So it's just part of the world that we live in. The cancel culture has found its way to children's books. And this is probably, you know, the most um, famous uh, sort of rollback of cancel culture for children's literature. It certainly will not be the first. Kath, Ter, what do you think about this? Well, I'll just start off by saying that um, I I just saw a statement from uh, one of the reporters who was at the White House. This was asked to President Biden's press secretary, Jen Psaki, and uh, she said that she would not say, what am I reading from here? Uh, This is from Fox News. Uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki would not say why President Biden dropped Dr. Seuss from Read Across America Day. Um, When she was pressed, she said that the proclamation was written by the Department of Education, and you could certainly speak to them about more specifics about the draft drafting of it. Um, but she said that they're trying to celebrate diverse authors, you know, who have different work and life experience. I don't, I, I gotta be honest. I mean, I have my pile of Dr. Seuss books, that being one of them, but I don't know the books that they're particularly talking about. Tara, do you? I found it interesting that I didn't recognize a single yeah. title. So they, right. they are in the part of the lesser catalog of Dr. Seuss. Right. Um, you know, you know, and John, you're talking about cancel culture. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the map here on this in some ways. I mean, the Dr. Seuss people made this, they, they did this voluntarily after they said they, they've listened to a lot of voices from the community, educators. Um, it, it sounds like it was a very thoughtful process. Now, I, if they wouldn't have voluntarily done this, who knows what the next, you know, steps would have been. Um so I, I can't speak directly to, you know, the images 
mm-hmm. in these books. I do know, like, Dr. Seuss has always kind of creeped me out, to be honest. Oh, yeah, you're not a fan? <laughs> I, I mean, it's... It's some strange, it's some strange stuff. I mean, it's some I, strange stuff, yeah. I was, mm-hmm. you know, Green Eggs and Ham. Yes. I mean, I, that, that book was read to me, but, but I, yeah, my wife and I never really did much with them with our, with our children. Cause I just, the images are weird, like just kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, I, I get that. You know, it, it is kind of trippy, right? Um, I, I would say probably, you know, he was probably that one of the first children's authors who pushed the boundaries of it. You know, it's not a, exactly a, a linear story. There was always something kind of, as you say, a little weird and perhaps surprising. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm learning in this space, and I, I'd love to know a little bit more about the process of how mm-hmm. they made so this I. decision. Uh, because I do think, you know, listening to, I mean, here we are, we're three uh, white individuals mm-hmm. talking about this. Uh, what, what do African-Americans, what do Latinos, what do Asians, you know, some of, the, some of the images that were determined to be racist or derogatory in nature, what, what do those communities, mm-hmm. how did they contribute to this conversation? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a much better question, right? I think it is. Uh, and I, it's, it's easy for, you know, um, those in, in power with privilege, which is white people, uh, you know, to make these kind of executive decisions or to decide we're going to cancel X, Y, Z. One of the things I'm learning is to, is to amplify uh, and to listen to, to voices of uh, from different streams and different traditions and, and to learn to, to posture myself much more as a listener rather than mm-hmm. a decider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, a di- I mean, honestly, that's a different posture for me because I've grown up like being a leader and a white guy and like make, make a bunch of decisions, like, but listening well. So I wish, I wish, I wish I could have learned a little bit more about the process, how they got to this point. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, for years, uh, I, I was part of um, Dr. Seuss Day. There's a, a, a Catholic elementary school in Green Tree, St. Margaret of Scotland. And the kindergarten teacher years ago reached out and said, hey, would you, would you read um, a book on Dr. Seuss Day to you know somebody in our classroom, to kids in our classroom? So I had this standing date for every year. I'd go to St. Margaret of Scotland and the kindergarten teacher, a friend of mine, Catherine, would sit down and I'd read with these kids, and, you know, I mean, is there anything sweeter in the whole world than a room full of kindergarten kids? Those little crazy, you know, little sweethearts. And you'd sit there and just read and show the photos and make fun and laugh. Um, I mean, I, I get that, you know. It, but so that makes you sad. It makes me really sad. I mean, you know, that was as pure. I look forward to that day. I can't tell you how I look forward to that day. That was as pure and as fun a day at St. Margaret of Scotland as I would have all year long. Okay. I just right. loved it. Okay. So let me, let me bring this up then, Terry. And our, our, our first guest of the afternoon was Sheridan Boise, who is a broadcaster who lives in uh, Oxford. And he was talking about, you know, we were dissecting the situation with the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries and, you know, kind of grieving together over that. And he said that he thought it was important that we kind of see what what kind of circumstance the person is involved in before we decide that we're just not going to engage with their teaching anymore. He brought up Martin Luther. He said, now, Martin Luther published a wretched anti-Semitic tract, a wretched anti-Semitic tract that had far-reaching consequences, you know, de- you know, centuries after he lived uh, in what happened in successive years and generations in Germany. Um, so we cancel s- him? 
right. So we can't, but so we, we have to see the whole picture is what I'm saying. Right. And so we can say, okay, so, so the Martin Luther tract on anti-Semitism has to be completely rejected. Well, well, at the same time, at the same time, we recognize that a lot of his other work is worth. So are we, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not trying to equate Dr. Seuss and Martin Luther, but I'm saying that if the Dr. Seuss people are doing a self-assessment, then maybe this is a good moment for them. I, that's the key. I think a self-assessment and, and John, like you're right. I mean, sitting with those children and reading a book, they're, they're, Love it. we can, but we can still do that but we need to choose wisely and maybe you know the times have changed to a point where we do need and i'm not saying you didn't think through you just grabbed any book but that you know culture is changing uh that the classroom that probably you would get called into today would look a lot different than maybe it did five years ago 10 years ago 20 years ago in terms of diversity of students color ethnicity religion so how do we, again, and I would say this as God's person, how do we celebrate the diversity? How do we celebrate the wonder and the curiosity and, and curate that experience as, as best as we can to bring those children something that really reflects the, the heart of God, the beauty of God, mm-hmm. the creativity of God, the joy of God. Right. And, and again, and, there's a lot we, of Dr. Seuss books we can still read, right? They're, they're right, not, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, and I think it's important to not, we don't want to get to, this is the cancel culture part. We don't want to get to the part where we're denigrating Dr. Seuss. We're tearing down everything that the guy did, you know? So there's, there's a way to be judicious in what we endorse without, you know, being a part of teardown culture. I don't, I, let's hope so. I, it, it doesn't feel that way lately, at least, right? That there's no middle ground or there's no shades of gray. Things are, and you know, this is no yeah, pun intended, point. it's white or black, right? We're going to tear down those statues because, you know, Thomas Jefferson was a slaveholder. And despite, you know, all the wonderful things and intellectual heft and the founding and father of America, we can't talk about that anymore. It's black and white. And so maybe, you know, in this early phase of cancel culture, where we see, you know, a modification or adjustments as time goes on, we go, maybe we've gone too far. Let's come back, you know, come back the other way and make some sort of adjustment. So, people can be uplifted there can be you know oh by the way this is untoward but there's also goodness here as well there's got to be some sort of middle ground i mean it's kind of like you know tear before you joined us we were talking about bethany christian services and gay adoption that's a very complex nuanced conversation and worldview i mean you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So how do you live in this world to be a Christ follower, a faithful Christian, be light in this world, at the same time, not feel as though you're steamrollered over everything that's near and dear to you? I, I don't know. I don't well, know. I don't know. No, no, John. I mean, I think you're right on. You're, you're naming it. I mean, Jesus said, you know, we need to be as wise as serpents, mm-hmm. as innocent as doves. Like, we need to be discerning people. We need to think deeply uh, about our beliefs, our convictions, how it gets fleshed out, and and that innocence, that purity of heart. Like, I mean, and I, boy, if I had executive power, there'd be a lot of people that I would cancel, <laughs> left to my own devices, right? Just because of my own stuff or my own, you know, I disagree with them. X, Y. Thank God that I'm not in charge of you know the canceling department. 
you know, so part of part of my task is to how do I believe the best about people, but how do how do I be wise? I think you know, Kath, you were talking about you know your first guest, and he was saying, like, we can still learn from people like Rabbi, you know, Zacharias or Martin Luther or Jean Vanier, who was mm-hmm. a huge influence in, in some of these other these, but we might we're not going to elevate them the way right. maybe we used to. Uh, find the good, learn what we can. But um, so, you know, I, I think Jesus had a lot of wisdom there in terms of like, be, be wise as a serpent, be discerning, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but as good, you know, as innocent as a dove. Okay. Very good, Terry. Thank you. Listen, uh, you're, you've got lots of wisdom and uh, we wish you an extraordinary Lent. And uh, thanks for the good words here as always that when you're with us, we certainly appreciate your time here. Uh, it's good to be with you, John and Kathy. Thanks. Thank Stay you. away from the bread, Terry. WORD. This week on Insight for Living. I don't know if you're the kind of person who holds a grudge, but if you are, I plead with you on this day in your life to break that habit. Holding grudges is a horrible way to live, and it's a dreadful way to die. Chuck Swindoll finds wisdom in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. The government is handing out money again. More stimulus money is making its way across America. Personally, I don't know what it means to you. But I do know this, everyone, everyone is talking and thinking about money in the midst of a pandemic. Now, if you're ready to buy a house and thinking about your money, or you want to refinance or cash out refinance, well, truly, you do owe it to yourself to talk to the family at United Faith Mortgage, father and son, John and Ryan, John's wife, Denise, sister-in-law, Barbara, These are good people. It's why they're here on this station. And the direct lender advantage, truly, this is everything. So, stimulus payments, government money, pandemic, all this in the dark, bleak midwinter, someone's there for you. United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. I'm Pastor Tom Hall of First Church Pittsburgh. Like you, I can't wait for this crazy time to be over. But in spite of how things seem, God isn't done with us. Join us at fpcp.org Sundays at 1045. Stream us on Facebook. Let's discover together how this story ends. Hint, Jesus wins. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, The Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy show, 
you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, tune in and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Frozen vegetables. I would say yes. Now, here's the deal. Frozen vegetables would be considered a miracle by many people in this world, right? Yes. I mean, I, I can't tell you. I mean, growing up, we had canned canned vegetables or frozen vegetables. I mean, I rarely had anything fresh. So, you know, you go into your freezer section, you're pulling out peas. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're good. They taste good. I like frozen vegetables. I'm saying thumbs up. Frozen vegetables make perfect sense to me. Yeah. I'm tired of agreeing with you so much, John. You got it? You're saying yes? Yes. Yeah, good. Listen, I have this. It came to me because I had this friend and she's like, oh, I only eat organic fresh vegetables. Uh, And I was like, really? You know, I enjoy frozen peas. Yeah. I enjoy a mixed vegetable combo with corn and green beans in there. And in your microwave. It's like 60 seconds away from, you know, you, extraordinary. How about you put that in a, in a cast iron skillet with olive oil and garlic and you're on your way. I agree. Okay. I agree. Be yeah. grateful that it's a possibility. Yep. Be grateful for the nutrients you're getting from it. And don't be all snooty about yeah. your organic fresh food lifestyle. Okay. No, wait, no. Take it a little step. What about canned vegetables? Nah, not as good. Let's Listen, be honest. First time I had like spinach as opposed to canned spinach. I was like, yeah. this isn't spinach. Right, because it had because it doesn't have salt in it. No, I always had canned spinach. Right, like, this is canned, a... canned spinach is delicious and right. has like five days worth of salt. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, I'm in the same kind of food thing as you are today. Okay. It just makes sense. We're doing a fire pit the other day. Mm. Someone says, "I love s'mores," <laughs> and I'm like, "S'mores? That graham cracker, the big Hershey thing of um, marshmallow." If I'm doing a fire pit thing, just give me the marshmallow. You can skip the graham crackers. You can skip the Hershey. Oh, yeah. Does s'mores really make sense? First of all, I love how you say it, s'mores. Okay, it's like Swifter. Swifter s'mores. But let me me go further and say again, I totally agree with you. What is the big deal with s'mores? I don't know. That never melts right. It never is a unit. It's just a bunch of disparate things that fall on the ground. The graham cracker kind of gags you, (laughs) kind of stuck in your throat. Mike, you got your. Are you ready? Do you like a s'more? I do. I'll take a s'more. Oh, oh. In a heartbeat. It doesn't like make sense to me. A swifter. <laughs> you like a swifter? You need a swifter after Everybody you do needs the s'more. Because you got all those crumbs everywhere. I the marshmallow like it. thing. True. It's not worth it. The they don't make sense. No, they don't make sense. Frozen vegetables? Yes. They make sense. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. 
Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500-5588. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-500-5588. 800-500-5588. That's 800-500-5588. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. We want everybody to have a level of comfort knowing that they're in a safe environment, that they're in a caring environment, and that their health and well-being is our top priority. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We are constantly screening both ourselves and patients. I want my patients to know that we are there for them. When they are ready, we are here. You're going to be safe. You're going to be well cared for. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Maxwell, she was scratching and losing some hair. My vet, she says, oh, he must be allergic to chicken. Another vet said, eat the grain. Third vet said, it's the weather. And then somebody said, D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. It took two weeks. And the dog stopped itching. The hair stopped falling out. The Dynavite is a big part of Maxwell's diet. You get some Dynavite, how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus with Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degree programs and certificates. Perfect for students with full-time employment pursuing a seminary education. Learn more at pts.edu. Christian activist and author Shane Claiborne has called on churches across the United States to remove the United States flag from their altars or consider adding the banners of all other nations. In a post on Twitter last Saturday, Claiborne said that every pastor who has a flag on the altar should please consider removing it or add the flags of the other 195 countries of the world. To be part of the body of Christ is to transcend nationality. That's part of what it means to be born again. As of Tuesday, the tweet compiled over 2,400 likes and 300 retweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't have a problem with the flag being in the sanctuary. I know it rubs people the wrong way, but I mean, I don't see my pastor up there waving the flag. I just think it says I'm a citizen of the United States and I'm here together in freedom celebrating with the body of Christ. 
you got a problem with the calf? Yeah, I do. Hey. Yeah, I just never. I, it's not a new thing. I just never. Even when I was a kid, I was uncomfortable with. You see the flag just, in the sanctuary and go. What's yeah, going I on? just don't like that. I mean, I don't. I love Why? the flag. I love the flag. I just don't think it has to be in the church because I think the church is supposed to be a symbol of a family that transcends cultural, nation, language boundaries. And so I just don't like the. I, I've never liked the American flag there. If I if I'm in another country, um, and I see. If what's interesting, though, is in other countries that I visited, I haven't seen those flags in the church. Like when I was in Germany, I didn't see a German flag in any of the sanctuaries. I, was I would in. think the Germans would be particularly careful about that. Yeah, right? so I never saw that when I was in Indonesia. I did. I, I don't think I saw any Indonesian flags in there either. Well, I don't so think maybe it's... that maybe that's particularly an American phenomenon. I just don't I, I like the church is the church. The church is for every tribe, every people, every nation, every language. I get that. I don't see a pro- look. This, you know, the rise of so-called Christian nationalism, right? People are super, you know, cautious about this now. Um, but to me, I, I don't. When I see the flag in the sanctuary, it doesn't upset me. I feel good. I, I'm glad to be an American, and I'm, I'm glad happy to be to an American too. I just don't need to see the flag in the sanctuary. Have yourself a good night. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.